Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> <laughs> I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and it's opening night in Old Bavaria. We can do it with that face, but... Since I want to be a producer, I'll round up the prisoners of love. Along came Bialy in the springtime for Hitler, but where did we go right till him? Well, as I always say, Hoppenzieger gesoid das Deutsche Band. And remember, <laughs> are you though? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I wake up, I look in the mirror, and that's my pep talk in the morning. Um, and remember, don't be betrayed because you never say good luck on opening night. Goodbye. Joining us today are the usual Der Guten Tag Hopklops who keep it gay, including <laughs> Kevin, when you got it, flaunt it, Jager. Yes! <laughs> Kimberly. <laughs> Kimberly, our King of Broadway game master and unofficial babysitter for the Ooh, hour. Oh, a king. And with us today is two-time Tony-nominated actor who you may have seen in such shows as, and keep in mind these are just highlights, Aspects of Love, Jekyll and Hyde, The Producers, Spamalot, The Addams Family, Nice Work If You Can Get It, Big Fish, Something Rotten, and the current, upcoming, however you want to define it, Mrs. Doubtfire. Let's give a big broad-waisted welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the show. Red Oscar. Y'all ready for this? Welcome. Hello, everyone. Nice to join you. Cheers. 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 Well, with that cheers, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Well, I bumped down the wine. I bumped down? I bumped down. Well, you know, right, what's the old adage? You know, beer than liquor, liquor than beer, right? You know. So, yes, I I, I had a vodka earlier before dinner, a sensible vodka. And um, so now uh, I wouldn't necessarily even be drinking right now. (laughs) He said in his best actorly voice. after dinner but you know but i'm with you guys so you know so i was like oh, i'll have a glass of wine. yeah well yeah. thank you uh kevin you're drinking wine too right uh, it's prosecco and it's delicious. oh it's like sparkly <laughs> and it's seven dollars so it's like buying the crop not as fancy and needy yeah <laughs> kimberly i have a gin and tonic in one of my grandfather's old golf tumblers. Ooh. Um, with our favorite Bar Hill gin. Oh, I love Bar Hill. Yes. And uh, I I haven't had a sip of bourbon in a while. Um, I've been mostly wine and tequila and um, uh, spiked seltzer. But today I went with some bullet bourbon on the rocks. That's what I was Ooh. feeling tonight. How's it feel? Feels great, Kimberly. Thank you for asking. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, uh, um, dear cool. diary. Yeah. May, diary. whatever the hell it is, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Week day was different. Week <laughs> nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, these are crazy circumstances. So thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Um, yeah. Let's just start out uh, with uh, an easy question What's your favorite musical? <laughs> <laughs> An easy question. <laughs> That's just it. That's one of those questions that, you know, honestly, I can be honest here. 
that I that I hate because right having to pick you know a favorite right. of, of so of anything like that you know totally um, unfair. <laughs> my yes my first answer probably always would end up being Sweeney I guess Sweeney sure. Todd mm-hmm. yeah just because yeah and you know again I think that we uh, we all have I love musical theater I've loved it since I was a kid my parents turned me on to it I saw shows so it's in my blood and so I think we all have emotional connections to certain shows as we were coming of age if we loved it, right? Yeah. There are touchstones. Everyone has a favorite show. I have a, a, a nephew of sorts in quotes, one of my dearest friend's son, who his favorite show is Jekyll and Hyde. But he loved, because that meant so much to him. And of course I was doing it at the time and he saw it and came backstage and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But anyway, we all have shows that are, and Sweeney, um, you know, I mean, my job was like, what, 15 or 16, I think when it opened on Broadway. But yeah, you know, it's, a, we all know, we don't need to talk about Sweeney. But, you know, yeah. having had the opportunity to do it a couple of years ago was amazing because sure. I'd never done it and I always wanted to do it. And I always wanted to play Sweeney. Having done it now, played the Beatle, I feel like I've gotten it out of my system because it's a to, to place to do Sweeney, you know, eight times a week is absurd. And boy, oh boy, so, were you a part of a, a, a magical production of Sweeney. I still can't, you know, you look back on, you know, what you've gotten, to, what I've gotten to do and how blessed I've been and blah, blah, blah. And that really was, yeah, very, very special to be involved with that. And the people I got to, to work with. And, you know, to, to for the first time in my life, uh, in my career, to uh, get to, you know, meet and, and work a little bit with the master himself, Steve, as you must call him, um, was, you know, and he loved, he's so excited by all this, you know, the renaissance in his work. Mm-hmm. And so he was such an active and excited part of, of that production when we, you know, when we started uh, into previews and stuff. And, you know, he saw the thing like five times while I was doing it. And then I'm sure, and I only did the first six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. So no yeah, pressure. that was, yeah. yeah. No, no pressure in that space, right? At the pie <laughs> yeah. shop. You know exactly <laughs> where he is. You know, and I am, I am so sure there's no way I'm singing the harmony to God that's good correctly because it was such a, you know, such, a, it, it, oh. you know, it deviled me so much. And uh, there he is at the table. And I'm like, I- I'm just going to pray that I'm singing the right thing because I have no idea what's happening right now. Now, you mentioned about nostalgia in shows. Um, did you, do you remember your first Broadway show? Or was, uh, in addition to that, was there a show that um, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this? Um, well, my first Broadway show was on the 20th century. Oh, wow. At the St. James Theater, around, mm-hmm. which has become a very special place for me over sure. the years. Um, uh, 1978, yes. But that was the first Broadway show I saw. But I grew up in D.C. So as I said, mm. my parents were taking me to the theater. So I saw a ton of shows try out in D.C. Oh, sure. From like, you know, 1974, five-ish, when I was sort of old enough to start, you know, not only going to see, you know, what legitimate, if you will, the, you know, uh, uh, but but understand, appreciate, and actually remember what I was seeing. Yeah. But... um. So yeah, that was you know such an education, and um, and seeing other kid actors on stage. I saw Raisin the musical uh, mm-hmm. tried out in D.C. before Broadway, and there is uh, of course there's a young boy in the story, and uh, and it was Ralph Carter who later went on to play the younger son in Good Times. Oh, uh, what this role in the original Broadway production? So anyway, I saw this kid of a very similar age to me up there on stage doing this, and and I remember having an overwhelming emotional sense of wanting that or or just being so you know feeling something i never quite felt before whether whatever that connective tissue was or that desire or that need or whatever it was i don't know at the time i certainly couldn't identify it now i guess i know what it was but um you know and then blessed with parents again who did some community theater and took me to the theater and you know let me introduce me to start taking classes and stuff like that so yeah yeah. And, Um, and you talked about obviously the St. James holding a very uh, special yeah. place in your heart. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd love to talk about producers just a little bit. Um, uh, you originated a part in the show and then you would hop into other parts essentially. When you finally took over, so what was that experience like playing that role, but then hopping into other parts, especially when you're, you may or may not be hopping in for a part where other people were expected to be playing that part for that evening. Right. I don't know how that worked. And then if you could kind of, I'll let you talk however you want about it, but then that evolved into you just, you being the person on the marquee playing that role. What was it like kind of all of a sudden shifting your mindset to be playing this different character in a show that you'd been so comfortable in playing a different part for so long? Right, right, right. 
No, my producer story is totally crazy because I literally, when we started rehearsal, I was the last one cast. I was cast like two weeks before rehearsal started. Oh, I was on a leave of absence from Jekyll and Hyde on Broadway. God bless. Four years that show ran, provided me with a lot of work. And I really had a great time and have a great Jekyll and Hyde family. So I don't want to diss Jekyll. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm playing Santa Claus for the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. I think I'm coming back to Jekyll, but then Jekyll's closing. I have no job. My agent calls. They're looking for a standby for Nathan for the role of Max. I fly in. I audition. Literally the next day, I'm offered basically a swing position covering Max and Franz Liebkin and Roger Debris and the character men in the ensemble. So all of a sudden, first day of rehearsal, two weeks later, they got me out of my contract. It was crazy. So two weeks later, I walk in that room and I'm covering, I'm basically responsible for all of those roles, three principal roles and at least four character ensemble, these numbers, this show. It was crazy. So all during rehearsal here in New York and and when we get to Chicago pre-Broadway, I'm flipping out. I'm trying to learn. I've never, ever been. I, I was a swing on Aspects of Love and that was a whole different story. This was a real, you know, I would have been a lousy swing on the producers, but as fate would have it, before we start performances in Chicago, the actor playing Franz has to have surgery on his knee in order to get better to open the show in New York. I go in as Franz. I do most of the Chicago run. I am, the show is well received. Everyone's happy with what I'm doing. I'm there in rehearsal during the day as we're making changes. We get back to New York. I am offered the role of Franz Liebkin. They buy the other actor, God bless him, out of his contract. I play Franz Liebkin, and I'm still covering Max and Roger Debris, but no more ensemble stuff. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm a principal. <clears throat> it's crazy. We open. I get a Tony nomination. The whole thing within a matter of months. I'm, I'm, you know, it's crazy. So anyway, so then for the first year of the run, I'm playing Franz, mm-hmm. and I'm going on for Max when Nathan can't do it anymore because it's a bear of a role. Sure. And God bless that man. You know, I mean, he's a monster and he's unbelievable, but it, 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 you know, we're not the body, the human body can only do what it can do. Mm-hmm. So he would go down and then I would get to play Max. And then, then he left and they replaced him with another actor and that didn't work out so well. So a month after Nathan Lane left, I was back on stage playing Max full time for the first time, about a year and a month into the run, uh, opposite Stephen Weber, my dear Stephen Weber for, uh, and then I played Max on Broadway, opened the Second National, back on Broadway, in London, in Vegas. It's crazy. It is the gift they kept on giving. Uh, you know, Stroman is my fairy godmother. We had a fabulous reunion the other night of the Leo Company and the Vegas Company. There's oh, a lot of wonderful. crossover in both companies. Um, you know, uh, it, it really, you know, again, especially at a time like this when we're all you know, we reflect now, we have what we have, we have our life, you know, we all want our lives to come back, whatever that means to us, you know, and obviously performing is such a part of my life. So I miss it very much, especially Doubtfire being, you know, snatched from us at, a, at the most exciting moment of the process in many ways. Um, so yes, for me to reflect back on that experience, uh, being a part of that show, and playing those roles, <clears throat> inheriting that role, learning from the masters from zero, and then of course, through as interpreted through Nathan in that performance. Um, And then finally making it my own months after I took over, I remember feeling like maybe now it's, I don't hear Nathan's voice every night. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you hear the show every night, you hear it through the monitor backstage, even when you're not on stage, you hear the show, it becomes a soundtrack. You hear the minute somebody goes up on a lyric, everybody goes, they're doing a thousand (laughs) things. And somebody, somebody, and, Everyone in the dressing room goes like that <clears throat> because it is a soundtrack. And so um, because the kind of comedy that the producers is, and you need to just hold up a T sign when, if I'm just rambling. No, this is great. Yeah. The kind of, that, the, that that is, it's a rhythm. It's like a song, yeah. right? It's music. There's a, there's a beat, there's a rhythm to that dialogue. Um, to, to, so my point being, uh, mm-hmm. it became, yes, I would hear, of course, you know, the sound. I would try to just, you know, channel, interpret it, say again, speak to the other guy, talk to the guy, you know, be an actor, do all the things you want to do to ideally just fill the part with you. And, and, you know, needless to say, I was there in the first place because I was Nathan enough that it would, it would work in some way. You know what I mean? As an yeah, understudy, yeah. especially for that role in that position, they wanted someone, 
you know, who would echo that in a way. I'm not blind to that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and believe me, dealt with, you know, believe me, I've, you know, people think they're complimenting you at the stage door after a performance when they say, oh, you were just like Nathan Lane, you know, and I'm not talking about even the producers. I'm talking about shows I've done since. And oh, they're sure. like, oh, <laughs> just like what Nathan would, you know, yeah, I mean, and people think they're complimenting you because mm-hmm. Nathan is, of course, you know, of course, wonderful. I, you know. yeah. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. We all have no, our no. cross to bear. Please, <laughs> you know, please, yeah. please poor me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, title, Nathan Enough. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to get cheesy, but uh, my very first Broadway show, because I'm from Florida, and my senior class trip was to New York City. And um, our first show was The Producers. Uh-huh. And you were playing Max. You had taken over. Really? Um, so this is really cool for me to talk to you because, uh-huh. like, that was, like you were the first lead role in a show right. that I saw on Broadway when I was like, yes, I'm moving to New York and I'm going to be part right. of whatever this is. Yeah. So. You know, what's funny is, you know, I told you my first Broadway show was 20th Century. I saw 20th Century weeks after Madeline Kahn left the original company, literally two months after it opened, I think she left or was fired or whatever the history go, you know, there are many reasons or versions of how what happened. But anyway, Judy Kay, who was playing the role of her maid and understudying took over. And suddenly Mm -hmm. it was, you know, John Cullum and Judy Kay and Imogene Coke or whatever. And I saw Judy Kay. Now Judy Kay was not a star. She was not a name at that point. She became that, that sort of boom, catapulted her and blah, blah, blah. She does other stuff. But, um, you know, the idea that Judy Kay was, for me, a goddess. And when she came through town uh, in D.C. a couple years later with a failed musical called Oh Brother, which actually has a great score and was really fun, <clears throat> uh, there was Judy Kay. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, uh, again, the, the, uh, the connect, the, that connective tissue that we have in the door get to work with her eventually with in nice work and a couple of the shows sure. it's been just crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Let's play a game. Let's do it. Oh dear. Okay. Okay. Speaking of fun people. Well, I love um, that we're both using like stemless glassware. Yeah. All about I don't it. like stemmed stem wine glasses are so dangerous. They just there's break, enough, there's enough danger in the world right now. I don't need a stem. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, please. Your life can be the better. Yeah. Um, Kevin, did you get something in the mail recently? Yes, I'll go get it. Yay! Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> as Kevin gets them, I'll explain the game. So Kevin has gotten us some new Lights of Broadway show cards. Yeah, we're so thankful for our friends at Lights of Broadway show cards for sending us cards since our cards are in quarantine at our, our studio. Yes. So we got to the gym. (laughs) I love those cards. I love those cards. We're obsessed with these cards. We play so many games with them. And so the Lights Broadway Show card people, we love you, Dory. We love you, uh, Twigs. They were able to send us a bunch of cards to my house. (laughs) Luckily, have my mother's mug full of cards. I'm not really sure why this is where she keeps them, but they're in a mug next to the couch. And so I've brought them up here. So on our very first episode ever, we played a game with fresh packs, like Kevin has right now. Yeah. Where you open a new pack and then taboo style, try and get us to guess who is in that pack. So. Taboo, like the musical taboo? Like you think you have to sing from Taboo the musical? It's a very niche game. It's a very niche game. Very niche. Like but a really good anything but the actor's name. Okay. okay. So okay. To make it a little more fun and competitive, mm-hmm. um, Kevin will have a minute to get us to guess as many as he can. And then I will then have a minute to try and get you to guess as many as I have. And so okay. I, can I open a couple packs now? Yes, but yes. Okay. So just so you know, we got to tell me what editions they are as you open them. Yes, because we got they, they sent like a crazy assortment. So I'm going to open three packs. Wow. Okay. I'm going to open the a pack that's the autumn 2018 edition. Sure. Ooh. We have the 2019 edition. Lovely. And then a mega mix because I know Brian loves a mega mix. I love every musical should have a mega mix. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> 
Can you imagine the Jekyll and Hyde Megamix? Oh, God. Yes, yes, I can. There are, there are two right. sides to that argument. I, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty uh, sure uh, if there was a Megamix of Jekyll and Hyde, Linda Edder would just fall over dead. <laughs> 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 she literally can't say 18, 11 o'clock numbers in like a Megamix. Oh, God, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I worship her, though. She's. <laughs> Oh, I, yes, I adore her. She's so Amazing. good. So gifted. All right. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you got some open? I'm ready. All right. Okay. All right, Kevin, <laughs> the minute on the clock starts now. Okay. He is an actor that's in a lot of shows. Um, he was uh, Will's Will's boyfriend on Will and Grace for a few seasons. Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale. Yes. Um, she was on Broadway Stid. Um, she was in the musical Les Mis. She was the first replacement. Then she was in My Fair Lady on Broadway. And then she did Sunday in the Park with George. She did, uh, she was in Amore. She likes Carly Car- no. Melissa Erico? Yes. Oh, good one, yeah. Uh, she played the love interest in Be More Chill. Oh, Stephanie? Stephanie's <laughs> shoe? Yes. Yeah. Uh, she was uh, one of the three plastics in Mean Girls. Um, yes um he is uh he was on that tv show breaking bad and cranston yes oh Um, this is a very old school musical by hammerstein and jerome kern showboat showboat uh she was on will and grace she was like the crazy drunk one karen megan mullally yes and that's your time oh good job how many did you get I got well done. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. Well done. Thank you, guys. Okay. My my try. Okay, right. let's do this. <clears throat> and oh. a minute for Kimberly. Gypsy. The original. Oh, uh Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman. Oh. I was like Ty Daly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um he was in, not Jim, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, and he played a million people. Rice, Rice Pink- oh. Pinkham. Uh-oh. No. Uh, 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 Jefferson Mays. Yeah. Yes. Such a good name. I know. <laughs> um, it is a musical about a man who's green. Shrek. Yes. Oh, <laughs> the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> um, oh, it is a song cycle. Songs for a New World. No. By, oh, it was most recently at the Wild Party. Edges? No, it's by, it's a, from 1995. Oh, yeah, from the catalog of Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. Smokey Joe. Yes. That's Smokey Joe's Cafe. Oh, four. Oh, that was it? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. The oh, is so fun. Do you want to try again or are we done? Yeah, let's play again. Let's do yeah. one more round. Okay, Kevin, you go. Come on, Kev. Okay, hold on. Let me get this set up. Sure. Now I'm like, did I miss the minute for Kevin? Because how'd he get so many? <laughs> well, you spent time taking them out of the cup. I think you should just have a stack in front of you. I think you're right. All right, All right Kevin. Ready? Ready, Kev? Yep. Go. Rock and roll. Okay, he played... Uh, Oh, he was Roger Debris in the in the producers. Gary Beach. Yes. God rest his soul. Uh, she won a Tony for playing Adelaide with Nathan Lane. Faith Prince. Yes. Come uh, on. This was a play that had uh, Celia Dean <laughs> Bolger, and um, it was about Peter Pan. Oh, um, it's uh, Peter and the Starcatcher. Yes. Yes. Uh, she. Uh, Oh God, she was in uh, Dames at Sea as a Broadway replacement. Um, Eloise? Uh, she played Ava Perone on the Vita tour. Rhymes? Uh, she was Grizabella in Cats. Maybe Paris? Uh, she did Sunset Boulevard at Gateway Playhouse. I think she was on TV. Can you rhyme her name? Um, uh, uh, the... That's your time. Uh, oh, what? Oh. Who was it? Ackerman. Oh. Who? Lonnie Ackerman. Oh, Lonnie Ackerman. Of course, Lonnie Ackerman, who was once Lonnie Zoe Ackerman. And then she took out the Zoe. Oh, Lonnie oh, Ackerman. Yeah, those were right. 
She was on TV, right? Probably. She was in No No Nanette too, that big 1972 No No Nanette. But right, she did oh, a Vita for a while. Too. Yeah. All right. Okay, my turn. Yeah, one minute on the clock. out of the mug. There you go. Watch this. We're going to get 20. Okay. A musical that was a movie with Julie Andrews. Uh, uh, Victoria? With an umbrella. Mary Poppins. A musical about the founding fathers, not with hip hop. 1776. Correct. A fake musical from the prom. Oh, um, uh, oh Eleanor. The, Eleanor, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was Joanne in the Rent movie and then also in the last cast. Oh, oh um, oh, um, uh, uh, Tracy, uh, what, yeah, uh, uh, first name's right, Tracy, um. Oh, Sims? No. No, Alice? but no. similar. Tracy's, oh, and she was in, she was in the Falsettos revival. Yeah, she was. Tra- uh, yeah. Think of my nephew's first name. Tom's. Tracy Tom's. Tom's. Tracy Tom's. There you go. Oh my gosh. That was so painful for um, me. The same plastic that Kevin had. Kate Rockwell. Rockwell. Oh, the end. Wait, how did you get Kevin? A moment of truth. One. I got five. I got three. Ooh. Lonnie Ackerman. Lonnie Ackerman derailed you. God bless her. That means we tied. That's fun. Yay. That's the world I want to live in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd have two Tonys. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. Kidding. By the way, whenever I'm introduced in that one, you know, especially in a situation like this, um, uh, because of uh, dear Brooks Ashmanskis, who yelled across the street to me one day as I was walking down 8th Avenue, he was on the other side and he said, hey, two-time Tony loser. Oh, yeah. I'm like, why shouldn't we be introduced as, and just because you'll get immediate like sympathy or something, you know, and now two-time Tony loser, Brad Oscar. Yeah, oh, that's he, how we introduce Jeremy Jordan. One-time yeah. Tony loser. We call him a Tony loser every time he comes on the show. Thank and we, you. we always make it a point to talk about uh, Steve Kazee. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus um but um yeah so you know as someone who has is tony nom tony losing for playing nostradamus um let's talk about the future a little bit um (laughs) What, uh, so obviously Mrs. Doubtfire is on hold until things come back. Um, yeah. We had only heard good things from people in the cast, yeah. um, friends of the show, and, and just word of mouth from Seattle and including some of the, you did start previews here, correct? Yeah, we did three shows. Yeah, yeah. talk a little bit of, yeah. talk a little bit about what we can expect when it comes back, what's special about it, um, how, how it lends itself to a stage adaptation, right. as much as you can talk about. Right. Um, yeah, because of course, you know, we're all, you know, I know we can all roll our eyes. Oh, another movie becomes a musical. Well, of course, yes. You know, we're, everyone's looking for a source material that an audience is going to respond to. Let's not kid ourselves. It, uh, it, it was getting harder than ever. And my gosh, it's going to be even worse. Right. You know, mm-hmm. getting people to not only come back to the theater, whatever, financially get them to buy tickets. So, you know, there's a lot going on here. So, um, but more importantly than all that, as far as why you sit down and adapt this story, uh, this is a story, of course, as we, about a guy who wants to be with his kids. He's going through a divorce, and there's separation involved, and he's going to be t- his kids are going to be basically, you know, taken away from him, and he wants to be a part of their lives. He goes to these lengths to be uh, in their lives. 
So it's a, you know, that story, the need, the connection, the idea of what family means, what we, what lengths we go to for our family, uh, what it actually means to be a family as far as all of those who are from broken homes and, uh, you know, in the world we live in now, when the definition of family is more multifaceted than ever, as as mm-hmm. well as should be. So I think it's a story at heart that, again, is is universal in a way that we can all uh, we all can find our way into this story, whether it's from uh, the child's perspective or the, the the father, the mother, the this, the that. I think that um, the story resonates and has been very smartly adapted because. You know, this is a case where you don't want to screw with the source material. You don't want to, um, you, you want to tell the story in the best way possible, but but you don't want to betray the spirit and uh, what made the film so special in the first place. Of course, part of that is Robin. Half of that is Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. So we are fortunate in that we have, uh, we have our, our musical theater, ver- you know, we have our genius, Rob McClure, who is one of the most inventive, creative, kindest. He's just everything. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, believe me, the reason the show I believe is so and will be God willing so successful uh, is uh, has so much to do with him uh, and the great Jerry Zachs, which I I could just go on. I've never worked with Jerry before, so that's been an amazing uh, just education and wonderful uh, wonderful time for me. So. You know, I'm really proud of what we got. Audiences really responded in Seattle. We've made it better. Uh, as I said, they haven't fussed with it. It's it's. You know, it follows the the basic through line of, of how the story is told on screen because it works and we need to, yes, we need to please the audiences that love the film, but, uh, and they will respond to certain lines or certain moments, but it's not about, you know, putting the movie on stage. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> it just so happens that, yes, we follow that sequence, you know, as do many adaptions of many other source material, blah, blah, blah. It has to stand on its own. So, And, and they expanded the, you're playing the the role made popular by Harvey Firestein, um, and they expanded that, uh, uh, giving, you know, more material to that side of the story, which is yes. where you come in. Yes. yes, a little bit. Yes, exactly. A little bit. We have, I mean, as the movie has that sequence where they make him up as all the different women until they land... Uh, on on Euphigenia Doubtfire, mm-hmm. uh, we have a big number, of course. I mean, there's a perfect moment for you know uh, that that moment can sing. You know, really, it does, and it's a great, terrific number because um, uh, it it culminates with uh, like I don't know if I should talk about it, or but again, it, it culminates with our first seeing mm-hmm. Rob as Daniel as Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, yeah, it's a very exciting moment. So yes. Um, and they've opened it up just a little bit for me and and the character of Andre, the great Jay Harrison G, who I miss so very much. Yeah. We're playing husbands, and um, uh, so yeah, we have we're now part of what we refer to uh, as the farce scene, which is the most pressure that's ever been put on me as an actor to be in rehearsal. And you're here, okay, we're going to go work on the farce scene in the other room. <clears throat> you know, basically saying, okay, it's you know this scene is going to be hilarious because it you know and working on rehearsing farce, rehearsing comedy is hard enough. Rehearsing farce is like, you know, so much more, you know. But anyway, um, we are part of that wonderful scene where the social worker comes to his apartment and he's going back and forth between himself and Doubtfire and the the pie and the face and the whole, all the mixture. It's so good. Oh, hello. Yeah. But they've really- I just rewatched the movie because we were so sad to be missing the play. And- we were just watching it, and like every time something happened, we were like, "Of course it's a musical! Of course it's a musical!" <laughs> and that's yeah. Like, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of a musical, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of the people—it's uh, it, the same same basic crew as yeah. was on right. Something Rotten. Right. Um, I guess talk about creating two shows. Um, with that group and then kind of uh, having worked with Rob on the back half of something yeah. rotten and then starting yeah. something new with him. Yeah. You know, the older, the older I've gotten, the best thing about what, you know, the, what I, one of the things I love the most about what I get to do is when I get to work again and play with people that I, you know, love and respect and, and had a good time with whatever, because, you know, at the end of the day, especially if you're doing it eight times a week, you know, it, it, there's a lot more than just, you know, the talent on stage and what you're, you know, it's just about a lot of things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
So yes, the room at Something Rotten was a very special place to be, to be a part of that process and putting that show together and working with the Kirkpatrick's and John O'Farrell and, and in that case, Casey Nicola. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, um, uh, yeah, and then Rob came along and, and then Rob led the tour for a year, which is yeah. great because that tour went out with Rob McClure and Josh Grisetti, mm-hmm. you know, which is <laughs> A-list, yeah. you know, two guys to have to take it that that show around the country and uh, um, you know and now you know they released the rights for high school and amateur rights I, and I love that show so much, so much. I'm, but I'm so excited because uh, you know I'll never forget on opening night you know everybody loved us pretty much except one paper <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> God bless. you know paper that's the I read best every marketing day. I've ever seen you know, yeah exactly right but um, I uh, uh, yeah since we're talking about me being Nostradamus I said to Kevin O'Collum that night I said you know I still think God willing we're going to have a great Broadway run I said, but on, when this show is released to be done in community theater and high school and amateur rights like that, this show is going to make you guys a lot of money because it is such a joyous celebration of everything that is, you know, musical comedy in so many ways, while being also a really smart script and, you know, some hilarious roles. And I just, you know, so I was thrilled to be a part of that and, and, uh, uh, and work um, with Rob really for the first time, eight times a week. We had done a reading or two, or as you do. Yeah. So yes, one of the greatest days of my life was last fall when this all fell into place for me, Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. I came along at the end. I was not a part of the Doubtfire process. I had not done any previous readings, mm-hmm. workshops, or anything. The great Mario Cantone had, um, had been playing the role and opted not to continue, to my understanding. And I went in and auditioned and... Mm-hmm. and role but yeah anyway one of a great day when i texted rob and i said well hey bro he knew i was going in um you know and i was like hey bro because you know we're brothers in the show and so (laughs) but yeah so you know just the idea that i get to work with with rob again uh, has been uh you know very very special and the kirkpatrick's and you know on a whole different kind of project whole different kind of character Mm -hmm. whole other thing um but uh yeah it's yeah it's what i love the most is is working again with people that I really like, admire. The theme here is along came Brad Oscar in all these stories. <laughs> um, but have you ever uh, been to a place called yeah. Tuesdays in the Corner with Kevin? It's Kevin's Corner. It's bad with the lag. It's oh. very <laughs> One day soon we will be together. It's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Um, Brad, welcome to Kevin's Corner. And Hi, today, what happened? Okay. Hi, Kevin. So I have, like, in your corner. <laughs> I have a lot of very uh, skillfully researched information here that I'm going to throw at you, mm. and we'll see what happens. Give so it to today me. Today is a uh, stage name showdown. So your name is Brad Oscar. So I'm going to yes. give you two things. You have to pick the, him or him. So just whatever preference, I'll give you two things. You have to pick one or the other. And they're all men. So the first one is Brad Pitt or Oscar Wilde. What's the criteria here? What am I picking? Are we going to lunch? <laughs> you, you can pick and then explain your thought process for each one. Well, then I guess Oscar Wilde. Sure, Oscar Wilde. Why? Because Oscar, because what a fascinating, you know, I mean, I love Brad Pitt, sure. He's all well and good and fine, but Oscar Wilde holds a place in history as well that that would be fascinating to perhaps meet Oscar Wilde or get to chat with him and, Perfect. you know, hope that he was the, as big a queen as we hope he was. <laughs> him. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, uh. I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah. okay. Next one. They might get harder, so just bear with me. Jeez. Bradley Cooper or Oscar De La Hoya? <laughs> Bradley Cooper. Why? <laughs> you saw uh, that Oscars performance. <laughs> um, because out of 99 people in the room, he would see you. <laughs> I'm still not sure why I'm choosing Bradley Cooper. You've reached one. Right. Um, here's a reason. Because it's so much fun to yell your own name during sex. Perfect. <laughs> you might pick the... I know how you might pick all of these now. Um, because, you know, it's hot, too. So, you know, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, My no, husband's in another room. My husband's in <laughs> another room and, you know. Oh, yeah. All right. He is beautiful. I agree. God. Uh, Brad Paisley 
country singer. Oh, right. Or Oscar Hammerstein II. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying, Kevin. Should <laughs> I say, wait, should I say Oscar Hammerstein? Because it's really fun to yell your own name during sex. <laughs> <laughs> you set him up, I'll knock him down. <laughs> but yes, no, Oscar Hammerstein. My God, what a, what a you know, a, you know, the, the genius, the forefather of whatever. Yes, yeah, sure. Perfect. Sorry. Oscar Hammerstein. Um, <laughs> next one is character actor Brad Garrett or Oscar Isaac. Character actor Brad Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> just, why can't you just be actor Brad Garrett? Oh, all right. I'm just trying to be silly. <laughs> or wait, or who? Character actor Brad Garrett or Oscar Isaac. What's his like qualifier? Like hunk Oscar Isaac? Right. He, yeah, but he is sort of hunky. Yeah, right. Oscar Isaac. X-wing fighter pilot. Yeah, Oscar Isaac again. You know the name. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Brad Bird. So many Brads. The voice of the Incredibles and Ratatouille. Right. Or Oscar <laughs> De La Renta. <laughs> Oh, I get it. Now I get the whole theme that's going through this. Oscar de la Renta. He got me on the go. Oscar de la Renta. Oscar de la Renta. Yes. Yeah, so you could sing that to him all the time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that would be right. Right. And hope that look good doing it. Yes. And um, thin. Bradley Whitford. Oh. Or Oscar Happy Felsch. The Chicago White Sox player from 1915 oh. to 1920 involved <laughs> in the 1919 Black Sox scandal. Ooh, now see, that's uh -oh. fascinating. I'm a huge baseball fan. So oh. that would be really cool. And I actually just watched some of Eight Men Out last week, which is sure. the John Sales film, you know, based on that. Um, so that fascinates me, but <laughs> I love me some Brad Whitford. I, I actually knew Brad very casually when I first moved to the city. Mm. Um, and he was doing A Few Good Men, and I was doing Aspects of Love. We had a couple of mutual friends involved, whatever. And so anyway, I've just always been a huge fan of Brad's. And he's everywhere, God bless him. Yeah, and very handsome. Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah. And then the last one is Brad Majors, the character from Rocky Horror, or <laughs> Oscar the Grouch. Oh, wow. You That's know, both tough. what you been a part of my life because people have always said the Brad thing for Rocky Horror and of course especially growing up Oscar last name Oscar the Grouch so I guess I'll have to say Brad yeah Brad what is it Brad? I don't even know Rocky it's terrible Avengers. my husband worships Rocky Horror he's done the show I'm mm -hmm. not a big Rocky Horror guy but for my husband and because I know it's still Rocky Horror I'll take Brad Major. and also your big toes name is Janet so whenever you step whenever you stub it <laughs> Yo, damn it, Janet. Oh, friend. <laughs> that, was, I, that was a reach. I understand. Yeah, that was all right. But no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> this has been Kevin's Corner. Woo! Um, you had uh, you'd mentioned you're a big baseball fan. Did you you grew up in the DC area? Are you an Orioles fan or have you kind of turned into uh, a Nationals fan? Yes, exactly. Very good. Good on you. Good on you. Well, the interesting thing is I morphed mm. into this crazy sports fan in my early 20s. I was not growing up. I was not interested in sports at all. I was a theater kid, anything to get out of gym, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but my grandfather who lived with us was a huge sports fan. And my folks were Redskins fans as well, as far as football goes. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, I, I got turned on to baseball when I was doing Jekyll and Hyde in like 1997 uh, by my friend Frank Mastrone, who was in Jekyll with me. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, baseball's so boring, and da-da-da. He's like, no, you don't understand the mechanics of the game. And Because I was sort of into football already at that time. Sure. But anyway, um, so I was a Mets. <laughs> I am a diehard Mets fan. Diehard Mets fan, because that's how I started. You know, I started with Mike Piazza, the whole thing. Oh, Big the Mets are fan. here. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> well, you know. I'm in my desk. There you go. I'm love a it. huge Mets fan. Brian, I love it. Now, that said, by default, I might, if the Mets go all the way, of course, Mets. But if the Nationals do what they did, of course, I love my hometown. And yeah. I'm thrilled they have a team. And it was great to see what they did this year because the Mets certainly weren't going all the way. I don't have all my stuff. My little uh, David Wright is in my dressing room, literally locked downstairs at the Sondheim. <laughs> when will I ever see him again? 
That's um, so true. People's stuff is just locked away. We literally left. They said you can, they did say you can come back in tomorrow to get stuff if you need stuff because at that point we were told four weeks. We knew it might be longer, but, you know, no one brought like, you know, they, we didn't have to clean out our dressing rooms or anything. So, sure. yeah, all that stuff is still just sitting there. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Let's and talking about backstage and all that. We do a segment here called Stage Door Stories. Talk about some experience, whether it's heartfelt or hilarious or something that really stands out with your interaction with uh, some people after oh, shows. You know, um, God bless my parents and my sister because I was one of those kids that had to go back to the stage door after every show we saw. Mm-hmm. So believe me, we know the stage door, uh, every stage door at the Kennedy Center, at the National Theater, at Arena Stage, you know. Um, and then, of course, we started coming to New York. And so it was always a big thing for me. I love just getting autographs. Again, the idea that you could just get as close and as, you know, just have one last something for the evening, you know, if you will. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, I am a firm believer I like to go out through the stage door because it meant so much to me when actors did and when they would sign. And uh, so, you know, I, I feel like, no, I don't feel like it's my responsibility. And there are times, of course, for whatever reason, I might not. But I do in general like to go out through the stage door because I think it's, um, it just, uh, I love that people, you know, get so excited and my God, especially with something like whether it was the producers or, or something rotten, you know, people were so passionate about those shows, you know, Jekyll and Hyde too, mm. you know, we had all those fans, those Jackies we had, you know, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so I can't say I'm like trying to think of like any specific story yeah. or whatever. I mean, uh, but going along with exactly what I'm saying, I do remember specifically meeting this family from, I want to say Arizona or New Mexico, a group of four, similar to the four of us that used to come up, my family from DC. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're big fans of yours. We have followed your career every time we're in town. If you're doing a show, we try to see it. We, you know, they knew who I, we, you know, in that way, in our little village of Anatevka, the people that love what we do. Yeah. But, you know, it just, it, it touched me so, because here was this family that in many ways were exactly like my family was, uh, in that way that we were passionate about it and that we enjoyed meeting and interacting with these people. And uh, so, you know, usually, um, yeah. And I actually have become friends with a couple of people over the years because they have been fans perhaps at the start, but... For whatever reason, the connection grew. Uh, I've actually made a couple lovely friendships uh, over the years with people who have who have just you know met me at the stage door several times, and then you get to know them or whatever. So, what a lovely like collection of stories about like budding friendships from the stage door that's called like started at the stage door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Do you remember the first book. time you stage doored? Oh, like the first God. time you went back to get an autograph as a kid. Well, um, my parents, for whatever, one of the first shows I saw live, theatrical, when stars used to take their shows out during the summer, there was a whole summer circuit. A lot of those theaters were in the round. Uh, We had one outside of D.C. called Shady Grove Music Fair. Uh, Westbury Music Fair was up here, actually, but we had Shady Grove. Anyway, I saw Angela Lansbury do MAME in the summer of 1972, because she was literally taking it out for the summer, you know, a tour of Mame, right? I saw Ray Walston and Gwen Verdon do damn Yankees wow. in a very similar time, right? Crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, my parents wrote a note. I was in love with Bedknobs and Broomsticks and her performance. The movie had obviously come out around the same time I'd seen it. She agreed to see us backstage. She could not have been lovelier. And for the next, what, 10 or so years... She received us backstage every time. We saw her in in Gypsy twice. We saw her in Sweeney. We saw her in something else. I'm blanking. Anyway, she didn't necessarily remember who we were, but we would write the note and say that, uh, and she would greet us like we were, oh, the Oscars. You know, so those, again, these memories that I had, and, you know, and she taught me, and then, God, I did a benefit uh, for the York a couple years ago. She got the Oscar Hammerstein Award. Mm -hmm. Uh, She also came to see Something Rotten. And I practically, you know, had a breakdown on stage afterwards, seeing her, meeting her, a 
again, if you will, after all these years. And I didn't expect that she would obviously, you know, but I said, I can't tell you what I learned from you. Not just, not just, you know, what you do, what you, what you are as a performer, as an actor, but your graciousness and how you, what that meant to me, what that taught me about, you know, that connection and what that is, it's gold. And she, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, we've, we've talked a lot about the big things that you've done, um, but you do smaller pieces. Um, and uh, one of those being Broadway Bounty Hunter that the album recently came out. Um, I guess talk a little bit about the creative process with something a little bit bigger versus something a little bit smaller um, and kind of the intimacy of a cast album one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, smaller is, is great because you're usually all in the same room at the same time, you know, for that process. I've done a couple of plays recently, which has been great, you know, mm-hmm. eight, and I have to worry about singing, but also <laughs> just to be working with, you know, just five other actors or six other actors or whatever, just to, you know, form a company like that as opposed to 20 something. Right. So yeah, a uh, bounty hunter was a great time because bounty hunter was um, again, a room full of people uh, all on the same page, you know, the great Joe Iconis, that, that sound that he created, this vibe that these, you know, all the boys wrote, uh, as far as that goes, and our, our director, Jen Werner, everybody, again, you know, you talk about, you have to, you know, everybody has to be creatively on the same page, ideally, and more important in a musical, maybe, because there were so many elements. But, um, you know, working at home and premiering, you know, a new piece of American musical theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think, you know, again, I you have to drink the Kool-Aid, but I'm trying to be as objective as I can be. I, I think it was a really good time and a really worthy show in so many ways. And so that's why I'm so grateful that we were able to record because that's how the shows live on. That's why people wait at the stage door and say, oh my God, big fish, big fish, because most of them didn't see the show, but right. they have heard the album and they have done the show because the show is being done because we recorded. Mm-hmm. So I pray that Bounty Hunter will now be recognized in that way. People will be like, wow, this is a really cool score. Because, you know, American musical theater needs to, you know, keep moving forward in a way. And I think that Joe Iconis, you know, is carrying that torch. There, there are obviously many who are. But um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I was thrilled to be a part of it because I've known Joe casually for years. And I, I just, I, I really, you know, I like him a lot. And it was fun to do something that was so outrageous and different for me. For sure. Cool. Yeah. It was fun. Um, Kevin and I saw it. Yeah, you were super good. And I'm realizing now that wasn't that the first show at Barrow Street after Sweeney? I don't know if there was. Maybe not. Yeah. I think like- when I walked back into that space, I was I, I had to, you know, do a quick double tap. I was like, what? Because you know oh, they built that pie shop. We were like, oh, it was a theater. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we were so yeah. confused. So cool. Oh. Well, let's um let's play uh, another game here to close everything out. Funny that we start with talking about because I have a game called the Broadway Internet Hunter. Oh, another fun game that we can play while we are in separate spaces. Um, so we're all on our computers or on our phones. Mm-hmm. For ease, I will suggest that we all just go to IBDB if you're familiar. Familiar, <laughs> and how this game will work is it's basically a Broadway trivia hunt. So I have a few trivia questions that you can find on IBDB. The last person to get the right answer, again, it's just a test of your internet speeds, but <laughs> um, the last person to get the right answer can ask the next trivia question or quandary. Something you've always wondered. So if somebody, if somebody gets it right and they yell out the answer, doesn't somebody else just repeat what they said? Yeah, but then they would be last. <laughs> right, and then the other person's last. <laughs> yeah it's basically like that game spoons where like if you find the answer you grab the spoon and we all reach for the spoon by yelling the answer okay Got we it. all reach for a virtual i've never spoon. heard of spoons you've never heard of spoons no what it's no. a midwest thing that's not real i don't know i played it in yeah. new jersey you're making this up yeah Spoons. I'll teach you when the world stops ending i know when we oh. can all play the same spoon we'll play the game <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated. What are you asking us? Like, what, like, uh, like, what, what's this? What, yeah, what, what's, yeah, so I'll start with the first couple, and then if we want to branch out into other people asking questions, we can. Cool. Okay. So the right. first thing I'd like you all to find is who is the original Edo Annie in Oklahoma? 
the original. Celeste Holm. Well, yes. Or you just might know the answer. <laughs> Celeste Holm. Exactly. Damn, how do I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your IBD, man. <laughs> and then something a little more specific. Okay. How many shows has Audra McDonald been in on Broadway? How many Broadway shows for How many Broadway shows? Okay, 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 okay. Uh, counting her relations. What am I doing? <laughs> a little different. Twelve. Twelve. According to. Twelve. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. So Kevin got the last one. I'll ask one follow-up. What was her debut? Secret Garden. Garden. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin what is a question you think might stump us? Or okay. does it have to really look? All right, I got you. I got okay. you. Um who is the original Rizzo in Greece? Oh, oh. The rat. From Muppets. No. <laughs> I don't think that's correct. Now I want the Muppets to do Grease so bad. Got it. Uh, oh, I just found it too. Adrian Barbeau. Yes. Is it? It is? Yeah. Wow. Walter Bobby was Roger? Yeah, Walter Bobby was, yeah. How fun. And, and Jerry Zach's was a replacement earlier. Oh, yeah? Yeah. About that. Huh. And Brad Majors was... was uh, <laughs> Danny Zuko. Danny Zuko. Yes. There he is. Exactly. Barry. <laughs> I like the setting. Setting. In and around Rydell High. Yeah. <laughs> In and around. Yeah, the park is close. Yeah, the is. Burger Palace is pretty close. Does anyone else have a fun question? Um... <laughs> Who was a swing with me on Aspects of Love who later went on to cover and go on for the lead role in Victor Victoria on Broadway? Oh, what a search we'll go on. Okay, let's find it. All right. Aspects of Love. Who was a swing, original swing on Aspects of Love who would later go on to play the role of Victor Victoria? That is going to be Anne-Marie Runolfson. Runolfson. Exactly. Runolfson. No, Anne-Marie Runolfson. <laughs> you should know Anne Marie Renault. Yes, anyway, yeah, there you go. Fun. Okay, Kevin, you can ask us a last question. Okay, the last question is who played Gypsy Rose Lee in the Gypsy production with Tyne Daly? Krista Moore. Yeah, I feel like I know that. That was Krista Moore. Krista Moore. Got it. <laughs> Did you just know that? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Because Krista Moore was, you know, Krista Moore originated a couple roles around Big and a couple other shows. Yeah. and But that production was fantastic, that Gypsy. Yes. I so, did, yeah. I did a show with her in South Florida, and my it was, like, my second professional gig. And I was, like, doing, like, a... I was, like, a sidekick character, like a waka-waka kind of guy. Fozzie um, <laughs> Bear? Well, it was, it was called... The show was Enter Laughing... And uh -huh. I, I was doing like, uh, like the Marvin character, the like best friend who's like adult kind of character. And she was in it. And my parents, this was like my second professional show. And my parents were doing that whole thing where they like research every single person who's in the show with me and, right. and tells me who they are and things like that. And so they found her. So they started calling her two-time Tony because she'd been nominated for a Tony twice. She's also a two-time Tony loser. Yeah. So they See? <laughs> the great Chris Moore. Yeah. So they my parents still call her two time Tony if they ever bring up what I did shows. Two time Tony. And I'm like, <laughs> her name is Chris Moore. <laughs> um well thank you, Brad, so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, you guys. This is um, fun. We end every episode with a quote. So some of those make you happy. Some make you sad. Some are quite big. Some quite small. Some are too long. Some just plays with song. Some musicals have no talking at all. A musical. Um, oh God, thank you so talk. much. We, we truly cannot wait to see Doubtfire. So we will yeah. definitely be in those seats the second that we are allowed to be in those seats. Um, we'll all meet back on Broadway. God yeah. willing. Yes. <laughs>
And um, again, you can follow us at Broad Wasted. You can find us on all social media platforms. Uh, you can join our um, Facebook group. Um, you can also find us on Patreon. We have some awesome content, especially nowadays. Um, we have some awesome content. We're doing new movies every Friday, um, fun stuff like that. Um, you can find us on Spotify and, of course, iTunes. Rate and review us there. Five, Five stars, stars, please. Thank you. Um, you can also hear Brad um, on the Broadway Bounty Hunter album, um, amongst other albums. Um, but at the, <laughs> after the uh, outro of this episode, we're going to play one of the songs from that album. So check that out. You can find that wherever music can be checked out. Um, and maybe not, don't go to the library, but digitally. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. As you can tell, we're all huge admirers of your work. Um, so we were happy to talk through a little bit of a little, a little, a little portion of your incredibly impressive resume. So thank you so much. Sure. And, that uh, all. Thank you guys. Much fun. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Oh, um, so uh, as we always, we raise a glass and we say, Bum. <laughs> that in and around Rydell. <laughs> 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 the idol of all your peers your friends ain't friends anymore they're just souvenirs and since you're on the top of the mountain they see the money you're counting and they try to bring you down new york's that kind of town so then you hide in the jungle for a little while you run a nasty ass brothel you're versatile sipping on tequila and lime really you're just biding your time and when you're ready then Try New York again But sometimes your wife becomes a bounty hunter And screws up your plan But since you're worldly wise You just improvise And then you're back on track And then you're winning man And you're riding your motorcycle through the jungle And the wind's whipping through your magnificent chest hair And you're screaming at the top of your lungs I'm back, bitch, I'm back, bitch, I'm back We gotta celebrate our opening night. I can't wait to see those kids on my glorious drug. What it does to them. I'm talking about stamina. Vocal range. Turning little theater queens into powerhouse machines. I'm talking about stamina. Stamina. Vocal range. Work apart until they die. There's always others standing by. I'll target all of it coming. When they say to me, who are you? Where did you come from? I'm going to look them all right in the eyes and yell. I'm back, bitch, I'm back, bitch, I'm back. Listen to me. I'm back, bitch, I'm back, bitch, I'm back. Mr. Roundtree, I'm old, white, and rich. Bitch, I'm back, and I'm ready to play. And I confess, I guess I never really ever went away. Stamina. Stamina. Folk arrange. Work them hard until they die.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.